You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader answers questions from students at the Loyola University Chicago Stritch School of Medicine on the physician wellness and the role of meditation in caring for the healthcare provider. Thinking back on all of the benefits that transcendental meditation has, do you think implementing transcendental meditation on a larger scale could be done for patients? once they are identified with cardiovascular risk in an effort to prevent further progression of their disease? Absolutely. And that's what the research shows. And that's what we're moving towards. You know, the research shows decrease in hospitalization like this. So I think a doctor's dream is to be out of job, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we've done our job. Can you imagine new doctors healing the whole world? And then you have no patience anymore because the world is healthy and happy. I'm sure with the knowledge that you gain and understanding, you'll have much more things to do and interesting things to guide the people towards higher states of consciousness and enlightenment. But the research shows really that it reduces hospital admissions, which means patients can improve. We have hard scientific studies that have been done and that are done with meta-analysis, which means many, many studies over the years accumulated to show the importance of this technique in reducing uh, the problems, not only of cardiovascular disease, but in every area, including the immune system, uh, infectious disease, and all other areas of health. And so that is why the American uh, Heart Association, uh, you know, proclaimed. And there are some insurance companies that were offering reductions for those who practice transcendental meditation. So it's a simple, easy, natural technique that everyone can do that has no side effects. It's a do-it-yourself technique. You don't depend on others. So what better modality of the treatment do we have uh, really in that sense. Of course, all the other modalities are important because there are acute situations, chronic situations that require attention. But let us give the individual the best chance to respond to these other techniques and other methods and medications and treatments in the best possible way because their physiology is most integrated and most able to face the stress of even surgery and and being in a hospital and all of that and strengthen their integrity of their physiology for the best healing, the fastest recovery possible. Great, thank you. I think uh, what you mentioned is very pertinent and Dr. Carroll is one of our professors for MDED 400 course and he often emphasizes that he meditates for action He's been meditating for 45 years now during his career. So what are the practical benefits of meditating in the context of practicing like he has on the cutting edge of medicine for a 45-year career? Thank you. That's wonderful. Congratulations. He's a great leader. (laughs) 
in health from all perspectives. This is wonderful. Yes, of course, uh, it's cumulative. You know, this whole thing brings us back to the even where we started. The results are cumulative. And when the physiology has less wear and tear, because that's what we face, really, that's what leads to aging and to difficulties, is the wear and tear and the accumulation of strain and difficulties and stress on the physiology, on the mind. And if we continue this kind of daily hygiene of the mind and body, you know, we can look at it like this. We take a shower, we clean ourselves, we wash our hands, <laughs> uh, it's very important. <laughs> and also we clean our mind, we clean ourselves from all the stress and strain that accumulate on us. And that is how we can offer maximum because we are maximum. So remember to be maximum so you can give maximum. And remember that responsibility. You are also your own patient. So take care of that patient and make sure that that patient, which no more patient, becomes a healthy, happy, strong, enlightened individual, can give the best to the patients that that person encounters and deals with and heals and upholds and inspires. Thank you. Monica, did you want to ask your question about uh, the culture? Sure, I would be happy to. Um, so another question that I had is that there's sometimes a lot of disconnect between Western medicine and traditional forms of medicine in India or Eastern Asia. So some people think that meditation has been more associated with those traditional forms of me um, medicine. How can we bring that all together? Is there a way that we can um, reconcile these two forms of medicine? Where does meditation fit in with all of this? I think, you know, the medical profession is really now in a very strong way realizing the importance of the basic things in life. You know, that medicine for a while was, you know, for a while recently, uh, has been a disease kind of oriented practice. So that you focus and uh, specialize in a disease process and you take care of it and that's what it is. And now the system is helpful, it's wonderful in many ways, but it's kind of failing in certain ways. For example, the costs of the medical profession and, and like that. And so all the top universities around the world, and particularly also in the United States, are looking at prevention-oriented medicine. So why, why wait till the people really fall sick? and then have to use these expensive and costly on terms of money and mind and body and all of these measures. And so there are all of these institutions wanting to implement prevention-oriented. So what is prevention-oriented? Of course, we have on the level of uh, the body, we have exercise, we have yoga, uh, on the level of food, proper diet, proper weight balance, balancing one's weight, what we eat. And you see that all of these things are already in the market. I mean, the weight issues and the weight problems and the weight discussions alone, 
you know, is almost as important as the entire medical profession nowadays. Everybody's reading all the time about what to eat, what not to eat, how to eat, you know, this diet, this kind of diet, they invent this, they do that. And therefore, it's not really far at all from Indian medicine, which is all based on healthy prevention oriented using the ingredients that are there, organic things and healthy things and properly balanced diet. And so that's, for example, what Ayurveda is from India. It's a, it's a science of prevention. When I was trained in Ayurveda myself with Dr. Triguna and top physicians in India under Marsh's guidance to understand what it is, uh, they used to say Ayurveda is kitchen medicine. It's like your mother's medicine, you know, <laughs> balancing your uh, diet, balancing the spices, balancing this and that. So it's not far-fetched. And then yoga, too. everybody's doing yoga today almost. And meditation, now everybody wants meditation and mind. So it's really coming together as an integrated system. And I'd like to mention that our great university in Iowa, the Maharishi International University, has a fantastic program in integrated medicine with top researchers, scientists, and teachers that are teaching these techniques and this knowledge. And it's really a complete system of preventing healing in a natural way, healing mind and body, creating that wholeness of life that will really give us truly health and make the health profession truly a health profession, not a disease profession only. Of course, disease has to be taken care of and you're all learning how to do it in a wonderful way. But if for more interest, you know, let's prevent disease, let's prevent the problems before they arise. This is a much, much less expensive and demanding, less costly on, on life and happiness and well-being and finances for the individual and for the nation. And so I think it's all coming together. It's a wonderful time where modern science and ancient science and modern knowledge with ancient technologies. And I want to say this, I, I wanted to mention it quickly maybe, that some of these techniques were integrated almost part of certain religions in the past. They were taken from, you know, the practice and integrated. It doesn't make them religion. It's just, you know, different religions, for example, talk about fasting. So, and people take fasting as part of a duty towards the divine and or duty towards, you know, preventing this and that and the other. And that's perfect, whatever the understanding is. But fasting itself is a good thing for the physiology. And if you do it in a rhythmical way, in a certain way, it has perfect effect. So it doesn't make fasting a religion. <laughs> it doesn't make yoga a religion. It doesn't make meditation a religion. You know, it, somebody can integrate it in their belief system. That's fine. Their belief system is great. It integrates yoga, it integrates meditation, but doesn't make it a religion. It doesn't make it a belief system. So we shouldn't be afraid of cultures and different traditions. And because somebody looks at it from this perspective, it means it is this perspective. Let us have our mind clear. Let us, the filters and the yellow and red glasses, be cleaned and made transparent. And so we can see the reality in its real value. As long as it's, again, this is where science helps us, it is 
evidence-based. We can check it out. We don't just say, oh, it's a nice philosophy, it's a nice idea, because we want to know that it actually works, and it works, and that's why we use it. So this is wonderful being with all of you. Congratulations for your pass, both on the medical pass and on the enlightenment pass for yourselves and for your environment, your loved ones, and the entire society. It's a joy to have been with you. I wish you all great success. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.